So it's actually like, it's where the word soap comes from because it's saponin. And like when you get these little nuts wet and they like, I guess, you know, move around in the washing machine, they actually do produce like a sud, like suds. Um, and so, yeah, that's like an option if you want to be extremely conscientious. But then there's brands like Better Life. Hello and welcome to the Health Detect Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. But for now, here is today's episode. Hey, what is going on, my friends? And welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. And we are talking all about toxins today and the crazy things that get put into many of our household cleaners um, and foods as well, but a lot of the household cleaners will be brought up today. We're talking to Madeline. She is a certified integrative health practitioner and vibrancy life coach, founder of the Clean Bee Holistic Health page and host of the Clean Bee podcast. So please go check that out as well. I'll put it in the show notes. She is a passionate clean ingredient advocate driven to help educate and empower others on how they can reduce their toxic load, both body and mind. Through educational content, newsletters, podcast episodes, and more, Madeline shares her nearly 10 years of experience, education, and learning to guide others on their unique journey. During her, quote, time off, you'll find her reading, studying, she loves to learn, working on creative projects, any kind of movement, especially dancing, cooking, traveling, or spending time outdoors with her loved ones. I always really love the topic of toxins because not because I like hearing about the toxins themselves, but I actually find these kind of empowering because we can learn about alternatives and things that we can actually do to deal with the toxins. There is ways to navigate this in today's world. I also find that this is one of the topics, and I'm not 100% sure why, but it's one of the topics that people that aren't into health are rather receptive to. If you tell people about things that are in their detergent or in their... Uh, soap, their hand soap, they are willing to make those changes. You just have to tell them about it. They're willing to pay 50 to 75 cents more for something that works just as well, or maybe only slightly worse in terms of the actual cleaning, but doesn't harm their bodies because they don't feel the pain of this as much as losing a food, right? When you tell someone that they need to take away gluten or maybe dairy or whatever it might be, there is some pain associated with that. <laughs> there is a social pain because maybe they can't eat the same way they would have before, like going out to restaurants. There is obviously the addiction aspect that comes with we especially. It does tickle our opiate receptors. I don't think it literally tickles them, but that's a good enough word for today. There's pain that's associated when we lose the food. Whereas with this, I think if people know about it, this is the reason why they're receptive to it. I have found that to be the case. And so I encourage you to either share this podcast with people or just tell them to look out for ingredients. Maybe you're talking to a friend and you remember an ingredient from this specific show, then just tell them about that ingredient, tell them to look out for it and give them the alternatives. I think we can make a really big change just by starting with something so simple. Without further ado, let's get to today's episode. Oh, hey, actually, I lied. I needed to tell you guys really quick about our Health Space Unmasked event. If you do not know what this is. This is something that we do every first Saturday of the month. It is a deep dive into one or more topics with some experts. It's Reed Davis, the founder of FDN, and his guest for the day. And this one, you do not want to miss. It's going to be happening this weekend, November 5th. And that's assuming that you're listening to this podcast closely after it coming out. But it's November 5th, 2022, Saturday, 8.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. PST. And we have none other than Dr. Aaron Gonshore on. And if you do not know who that is, it is the man behind most of the 
well, not most, but at least a few of the labs that we use in the FDN certification program. Now, of course, you get access to a bunch of labs once you graduate, but we use Fluids IQ for multiple things while you are training. And Dr. Aaron Gonshore is the guy behind that. He is absolutely brilliant. And him and Reed will be talking about oral health, sleep, and metabolic balance. At the time of recording this, we get a little over 100 people on these lives, which is crazy because it's Saturday morning. It is nerdy as can be. And it's for two hours, and yet we get a live audience that is around 100 and sticks around the entire time. It's great to connect with people. It's just really fun. And again, you get to nerd out. So if you want to get the link for it, and by the way, this is completely free. It's just something that you can join in and hop onto. It is fdntraining.com slash unmasked. That is U-N-M-A-S-K-E-D, fdntraining.com slash unmasked. And that will be in the show notes. Okay, now let's get to today's episode. All right. Hello there, Madeline. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Absolutely, Evan. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, glad to have you on. Um, I know that you had done some stuff with Reed, so that's pretty cool. Um, actually, I should have asked this before we went live, but it might, might as well now. Is that episode already out at the time of recording this, or will it be out relatively soon? When will his episode on your show be out? It will be coming out in November of this year, so okay. not out yet, um, and I'll definitely keep you posted. It was a really good one. Awesome. Yeah, no worries. You guys can check that out and we'll talk about her podcast and stuff and where you can find that later, of course. But today we are going to start off in the same way we typically always do on the show. And it's diving into the person's health journey because we had already alluded to this topic um, before you and I went live, but I don't even need to allude to it to know that no one gets into this space by accident. It's not something that you sit there as a five-year-old and can't wait to get into this world of functional natural medicine. It's not really how it goes. Um, So usually it calls us rather than the other way around. So I'm curious, what did your health journey look like? I mean, when did symptoms start? Like, let's start from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. That is the common thread that I find as well. Amongst every Mm -hmm. conversation, someone has found their purpose through their pain, uh, essentially. Mm -hmm. But my story started back in 2013. I just graduated from university. I moved to the Caribbean. That's a whole nother story of how that happened. But um, I was living and working. And about six months in after moving, I noticed a bump on my shin that I just was like, oh, it's a mosquito bite, thought nothing of it. A couple days later, it got a lot bigger and was really painful. And so mentally I went down the uh, spiral of thinking, oh no, it must be a spider bite. They're gonna have to cut off my leg. I started freaking out, go to the ER. And it turns out it was a staph infection. I'm at this point, I'm 21 years old. I'm like, staph infection, what? What even is that? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, isn't that something that you get when you're like 90 years old in the hospital? And apparently it's actually quite common um, to happen in the Caribbean just because of the warm climate and, you know, things just being a lot more moist. Mm -hmm. Um, So they basically said, here's some antibiotics. It doesn't go away in a couple days. You're probably going to have to have it drained. See you later. So I do the antibiotics and it doesn't go away. Eventually I have to get it drained. Also a very painful experience. And then a couple weeks later, I had another staph infection pop up, but this time it was a swollen lymph node under my arm. And I go to the doctor, a different doctor this time. And they say, okay, well, we're going to need to cut it open and drain it. And they're like, oh, and here's more antibiotics. Well, thankfully I had already a fairly intuitive sense that another round of antibiotics it, you know, back to back probably wasn't the best idea. And so I just had this like curiosity strike me. And I was like, what's going on inside my body as to why I'm not able to fight off these infections? Like what is, what is going on? And so I went down, you know, the proverbial rabbit hole or wormhole, as you can say, and I researched, you know, how to heal staph infections naturally. That was kind of like my starting point. And you know, to make a long story short, I was able to heal them naturally. I did not take that second batch of antibiotics. And what I realized in that research process was that, you know, despite my best intentions, what I was putting in and on my body was in fact quite toxic, not really that supportive to my overall health and well-being. Hmm. And that was really the entry point in my journey of getting curious about, you know, 
what's in my food, what are in my cleaning products, what's in my, you know, makeup and skincare and all these other components that we kind of, you know, can unconsciously um, not even think about, you know? And so that was really the process and how I got started into being more mindful and, and then now sharing that journey and process with others. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm curious about this because there's a few things here. I'm always, anyone that listens regularly knows I'm obsessed with the mindset that goes into thinking about things more naturally because it, it does take a certain type of person to be able to go away from what the mainstream is pushing. And where I'm exceptionally fascinated with this is that it, it seems on the surface that this ability to go away from that paradigm was so early on. Um, so I'm curious, and maybe this wasn't the case because you did use the word intuitively. You knew that kind of wasn't the best idea to be taking a second round for this. But did that come from somewhere? Did you have a family influence of natural health? Were you already involved in it? Because, I mean, surely you have to understand why most people, especially at 21, are not necessarily thinking like that. So was there yeah. anything that led to that? That is such a great question. And yes, I mean, my mom was definitely ahead of her time. She's for sure still a part of the more conventional, you know, kind of paradigm, but she did have some of her own thoughts and feelings about things, you know, way ahead of of her time did not come from a holistic background herself or anything. Um, But she was involved in the medical field, um, more of like an office perspective. But I remember from a really early age, my mom always saying, never take antibiotics unless you absolutely need it. And so she told us that from a really early age. And so I already had that in the back of my mind, even though, you know, uh, other than that, we really were, you know, your typical like nineties era family, you know, (laughs) like eating the Kool-Aid and the other things. And so um, I do think that that for sure played a part, but I will say that um, from a really early age, and I don't know where this came from, but Um, I had an aversion not to quote unquote germs and what I perceived to be dirty, but I had an aversion to chemicals. Like I remember from a really young age thinking, Hmm, if somebody just wiped this counter down with bleach, I don't really think I want to put my food on it and Mm. then like eat it because it just, I didn't like the smell of things like pine saw and bleach, which is like my mom's favorite cleaning um, (laughs) materials back in the day. And so I don't know if it was just a little bit of that. It just kind of wired like a little bit differently, but yeah, I, yeah, it's such a good question. I never really thought about that before, but yeah, it, it, it started quite young, I guess you could say. Well, and it makes sense now because that was like, you know, the seed that had been planted, I mean, years and years before, and it just so happens that the perfect, well, or imperfect, depending on how you look at it, (laughs) circumstance occurred where, okay, hey, this antibiotic thing comes up because it could have been any medication, right? And you wouldn't necessarily have thought about it in the same way. But, you know, I'm always curious, especially with someone that does it so early on, I mean, almost as early as it can be into a health journey, because the most common answer I get that's interesting is these people will be sick for, you know how it goes, 10 to 15 years. And they will say whether or not they use these words or not, it's a little different, but it's like Mm -hmm. their gut feeling intuition. They just knew at some point they've had enough and they realize this doesn't make sense what I'm being told because I'm doing exactly what I was told. It's not working. And in fact, when I look back over these years, I think I've gotten worse. And so that I can understand, but this is pretty impressive to get it that early. So um, regardless of your mom's influence, that's still years later. That, that's cool that you were thinking like that. Um, and I have to laugh at the pine saw uh, and <laughs> bleach thing because, well, I hated that too. And my mom was a total nut with it. Yep. And it's interesting because countries, you might know this already, but countries that have more chemicals used also have higher instances of autoimmunity, which is no surprise to anyone in our world. But you know, it's kind of ironic. You think, oh, we're cleaning more things. So shouldn't that be better? It's like, well... That's not how we were made, <laughs> you know, um, oh, we sure. are animals. People forget that. So what's interesting too is despite someone who didn't necessarily have like the most insane story, you've made this your your life and created a passion around it. So how did we go from, all right, maybe a more natural treatment for this staph infection and never having to take that second round of antibiotics to doing what you're doing now? Like where did you decide, oh, wait, I maybe want to go help people with this? Yeah, you know, to be honest, I've always been been I had always had an interest in health and wellness, but at that point it had been very, you know, conventional, you know, like my Yoplait yogurt and like I'm going to have broccoli and counting calories and very, you know, very like millennial and and previous generation mindset, um especially I think as as a woman and kind of, you know, 
growing up in the heroin chic era of mm-hmm. Kate Moss and just being like ridiculously thin, being this kind of ideal that we were striving for back then. And, and so I came already to the, that point with an interest in health and wellness, but I'll be totally honest at that point in time, it was purely aesthetic. You know, it was like, not really, it's your typical mindset when you're young, you think you're invincible. You're not worried about something long-term necessarily. You just want to like look good in the moment. And then I think that once I realized that the information that I thought was actually helpful for me and my body and my health, and I, I'm here, I was spending, you know, X amount of dollars every month on supplements, you know, from Walgreens and trying to take my multivitamin and, um, you know, thinking that I'm doing all this good. And then when I realized in this, I'm also a big fan of reading. So I think that's a part of it. And I realized in a lot of the research, I was like, this isn't even actually that helpful for me. And I remember the very first, uh, vitamin that I stumbled upon was actually, um, I'm sure you and your listeners know, but just the synthetic form of B12, cyanocobalamin. And I, when I read the research around how that's not even, you know, bioavailable and it's this synthetic version and how there's these other options that are actually more beneficial to the body and more likely to be absorbed. I thought, well, one, I'm kind of wasting money. And two, this is really frustrating. Like why has no one ever explained this? So I think it came from a little bit of just like, um, indignation or frustration in my own journey. And then I'm like, I got to tell people about this. <laughs> right. Wow. Okay. And it's, yeah. it's tough to, especially, I mean, we're not that far off in age. I'm 27. And so I think when, as young people too, when we get into this, th- sometimes not always, and this was not universal in my family, but there can be a little thing of like young kid syndrome, right. Or like nephew or niece syndrome. It's like, what do you really know about these things? And so it can be a little tough to explain it to people mm-hmm. because guys, and everyone in the audience, I guess, knows this already. But when you explain some of the injustices and the insane things that go on in the health industry and the marketing behind it, and you tell it to other people, factual things, it almost sounds like a conspiracy because it's so nuts. And so, of course, if the person doesn't sit down and actually read the stuff for themselves, they're like, well, that, that's insane. And I'm like, well, you're right. It's insane. But the conclusion should not be, oh, it's insane. It's not true. It's like, no, it's insane. And it actually is true. I mean, we have companies like Monsanto still out there. I know that they were bought out by Bayer, but like they exist. They are operating. They have had people at Stanford ghostwrite studies for them that were not even real. And then what do they do? Oh, they pay their little fine, but they'll make more on the next round. So they don't care. Um, And I mean, man, I'm someone who appreciates the business freedom in this country for sure. But that's that's where a line needs to get drawn. A company like that should never be able to operate again if there's such a lack of integrity amongst multiple people to allow people at major universities to ghostwrite studies for them. That's you do that once you're done. In my opinion, if I was ruling this, I'd be like, yeah, that's never happening again. Your company's done, but I digress, right? You don't need to get us started on that. I suppose. (laughs) Um, But that's my point. Some of the stuff like you're even talking about the B vitamin thing. Oh, wow. Okay. This is crazy. They're marketing this. Like it's so great. Like you said, it's not even bioavailable. I actually, honestly, off the top of my head would not have known that one, Um, but I'll, I trust your word for it. So it's like, okay, well that's crazy enough. And then you really get into the deep stuff. You're like, no, they're literally poisoning people. And we know that it's kind of poison, but eh, you know, we'll take the money first and then deal with the consequences later. It's like, wow. Um, yeah, a little wow. nuts. So how did you, uh, cause you're, you're reading and you're studying and I like clearly a well-versed person. Did you, um, did you get any specific certifications or degrees in this stuff that led you to do what you're doing now? Yeah. And I I'll totally touch on that. I just want to pull on that thread that you sure, said because sure. I totally agree. I can't with do you. that to you. I can't put that out there and then not let you respond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just feverishly nodding my head because that's um, and it's just funny that you kind of went in that direction because that's a big piece of what I what I am really passionate about now specifically is kind of sharing that information with people. Not only what choices can you make to best, you know, help you right now, but also just building that that awareness of getting comfortable with also just asking questions and, and getting curious about your health and also just curious about how the systems that are in place operate so that you can be the most informed, you know, patient, person, client, whatever. Right. So 
Um, I, I could not agree with you more on everything that you just said. And yes, um, it started with, you know, years of, of medical journals and, and podcasts and books and, you know, PubMed and just all of these different um, avenues of kind of self-teaching. And then uh, at this point, maybe like four years ago or so, um, I did a integrative health practitioner certification. Okay. And so, um, you know, learned a little bit about lab testing, functional testing, um, which is totally something I actually want to continue to develop, which is, uh, you know, an amazing reason that I connected with Reed. So that is something coming down the pipeline as well to just continue to develop that, that skill. But yes, uh, it's, it's just a, a fire that doesn't seem to get dimmed. Nice. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard for it to get dimmed when you walk around and like, I don't mean it in a pessimistic way, but you constantly see the problem, right? All you yeah. got to do is go to your local grocery store or a Walmart or whatever. And I'm reminded, okay, we need to do something about this. And so yeah. I, I find a healthy passion and a healthy fire that comes from that. It's not like I'm like, oh my God, we can never beat this. I, I actually feel very optimistic about this problem specifically. Now there's a million problems our generation is dealing with, and that's another story, but the health one, maybe it's because of the bubble that you and I exist in and I'm, I'm thankful for it, but when I go on my Facebook, I see a bunch of FDNs. When I'm on this podcast, I hear about people doing the work and saving other people's lives. So I am optimistic. I'm like, you know what? Th there's going to be some messiness um, until we get to our destination. But man, there are so many people, intelligent, well-versed, knowledgeable, um, and beyond dedicated out there pushing right now. Like there's people listening that might just be listening from the health perspective. They're not interested in like, doing the courses or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. I hope that they realize that there are literally millions of people right now sacrificing their life and their time just to help people that don't even know that they exist yet. That is, yeah. that's pretty inspiring and pretty cool. Um, and we're lucky enough to be two of those people, right? So that it's hard for that to get dimmed when we see what it did for us. And then we know what it can do for others when so many people need it. So how did this lend into, a, I guess, like a business or whatever, or whatever you do? Because mm -hmm. um, when you were at, 21 going to the Caribbean, like, was that, um, I, I missed this in the beginning. Was that for a job or was that like, Hey, I'm done college. I'm going to go for fun. Like what was that for? And then how did that transition into now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I went for a job. I, I graduated, ended up, uh, going down there for a vacation and very serendipitously, you know, I always feel that the, you know, the universe, God source, whatever your audience is comfortable calling it, you know, there's this like everything happening for a reason. And because I, I truly don't think that if, if I hadn't moved there and had that experience, I don't think that things would have transpired as they have and, until this point. And so um, moved down for a job and obviously getting out of your comfort zone and being in basically a new country, a completely different environment um, and just, you know, figuring things out as a young 20 something I also realized, you know, the, how expensive things cost and the Caribbean is expensive anyway, but just like developing this passion for taking care of myself and then realizing that so many people have no idea of it, like exactly like you said, all you need to do is go to the grocery store and you can see, you can see the problem all around you. And it's, and I try to stay optimistic as well. And, you know, and come from that place that it's not that there's anything wrong with anyone when they, it's just that there's a lack of knowledge, right? And so to be honest, this path has just truly been so organic. There was never like, oh, this is going to be my business. I'm going to do this and make money. And it truly has just been like an evolution of my own experience, talking and sharing about it on a blog since 2013. And then that kind of evolving over the years and, and then people becoming uh, like me becoming well known for that just in my own circle, you know, my own little sphere of influence with my friends and, and people saying, Hey Maddie, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about, you know, this supplement or um, you know, how can I like wash pesticides off my vegetables, you know, and just sharing my knowledge and, and trying to help empower other people. And then truly uh, in 2020, I think like a lot of, people, probably a lot of your listeners, um, I kind of just had this epiphany moment where I was like, at that point, I, I decided to kind of, that's when I launched the Clean Bee, basically. I was like, you know, I'm going to take this as my passion and actually separate it from 
just my normal blog that I was doing and things that I was just sharing. And I was like, I'm actually going to make a separate dedicated space where I can really make this about um, how to help others. And that was kind of how it's evolved since. Sweet. So you had been blogging for seven years, if my math is right then at that point, 2013 to 2020? Yeah. Yeah. Instagram, WordPress blog. I mean, my background from my bachelor's degree is is multimedia journalism okay. and production. So I think that I've just naturally been inclined to enjoy those things and mm-hmm. and enjoy writing. I'm a big avid writer, avid reader, and so it was just like a natural progression. And from there, and then the podcast. So yeah, cool. I was only asking because I think people still to this day really underestimate the power of blogging, uh, particularly in our space. And I'm sure it applies to others, but in this space, I mean, guys, you, when you're doing marketing, uh, because we have a lot of people, you know, starting their businesses or working on it, you have to think from the perspective of the person you're trying to talk to. And a lot of the times that's us in, in a different body in a sense. And so when we're looking up health stuff, think about how many times you've all right. Oh gosh, I got to ask this question. Or what does this supplement ingredient do? So yeah. you go on Google and then you're what? If you're in the supplement store, you're not watching a video, you're reading. And a lot of the times it's the blogs that are going to come up or whatever. I read all the time still uh, different blogs. I don't even mean to go there, but I end up there organically. And so I think people don't underestimate that because even if you're not the best writer, first of all, there's a million apps out there now that can help you. You yeah. could hire someone very cheap on Fiverr or Upwork to edit it for you for the grammar if you really feel like you needed it. Um, and a lot of people are nervous to be on video. Like what we're doing right now, it, it's not for everyone and that's fine. It wasn't for me for a long time. And so you don't even have to do that, right? So it's actually something you could, once you have it perfect, because a lot of perfectionists out there in our FDF world, you can click publish and submit and it's good to go. So um, definitely don't underestimate that. But I like that this evolved into um, a podcast and stuff because you strike me as someone who just, some people have the personality, right? And they should be going and doing that and using it with the world. So why clean B? Like, what does that, what does that mean? Oh, <laughs> that's a fun question. I uh, have not been asked that in a while. Um so it, it actually struck uh, very intuitively. It just kind of hit me. I was mm-hmm. uh, working in a cafe one afternoon, working through just actually some some reviewing some modules from a previous year and just kind of like refreshing some of my uh, information. And I got up, packed up, walked next door to the grocery store. And as I'm walking into the grocery store, all of a sudden I got this idea. It was like queen bee clean bee. And it's like (laughs) learning to be the clean bee of your own home was kind of like the initial sort of iteration. And I immediately left the grocery store, turned back around, went back to the cafe. And I was like, I feel really inspired about this. I'm just going to make this a domain name and an Instagram handle right now (laughs) before it's taken somewhere else. And, uh, and then pretty much a couple weeks after that, I I had this, my, my tagline is, uh, life is messy, but it shouldn't be toxic. And that's really like the basis of and the pillar of, you know, what I what I like to do and whether that's the toxins in your food or makeup products or the toxic mindset um, shifts or patterns or habits that maybe are not supporting you anymore, learning, you know, how to kind of cut free of that. And so it's just been a little bit of an evolution from there. But yeah, it just totally came out of like a random inspired moment. <laughs> I, I you um we definitely I feel like a lot of FDNs have this because maybe this again this work just kind of calls for it but the way that you describe these things like it hitting you I mean that's to anyone in the moment, it sounds so impulsive and like almost irresponsible. But then like I just tell them like two years later after it worked out, and they're like, "Wow, how'd you do that?" I'm like. Uh, it literally just came to me. And then I said, okay, I'm going to go do that because that's the, it feels correct. There's no other yeah. way to describe it. Um, I was someone who was very skeptical of that stuff as a kid. I mean, I grew up like an atheist. I didn't, not only skeptical, I was honestly very cruel to people who claimed to be able to do things like that or receive messages that way. I'm like, this is, this is insane. Yeah. And then yet I've seen it. I've seen myself struggle so badly with the things that I tried to do logically. I'm like, oh, on paper, this looks great. This is solid, good financial plan. And I struggle with that. And then the thing that comes to me at a left field that seems totally impulsive, doesn't even make sense. I go do that. And it's like everything I'm touching just turns to gold with it. So at a certain point in your life experience here, I, you just have to accept that. I try to plan it out perfectly. I got all the steps and that didn't work. And it was a struggle. It's like you know pushing this boulder uphill. And then I do the thing that makes almost no sense. It's completely impulsive, it seems. And it came to me out of nowhere. And it's like, I'm rolling with the boulder downhill, <laughs> right? It's just, it just moves out of the way for me. So it's really cool how that, um, 
that kind of works out. So if people listen to your podcast, um, what can they expect? Like they can learn about like toxins and things to avoid and what else can they learn? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's very much a, a mix of tangible tactical steps, like actually avoiding toxins like glyphosate, like you touched on earlier, you know, from Monsanto, now owned by Bayer, um, understanding how to support that process. But also, um, we talk a lot about mindset. We talk a lot about, um, there's some spirituality episodes. Um, there's a lot about habit building, um, a lot of, you know, very health specific episodes. Um, my audience is, is mostly female and there is a, a big a hot topic right now for, for the community of um, just birth control and, and actually coming off of that, if that's a choice, um, which I actually kind of touched on with Reed in our episode, which will be going live, um, you know, in the future. So I, I, there's some specific health concern episodes, uh, as well as uh, my own kind of personal insights and downloads that I like to cool. share, just like things that I'm working through in real time. I find that in the health and wellness space. And, you know, I, I don't think that this ever comes from a malicious standpoint, but I do think that there, um, oftentimes, you know, health and wellness can feel quite exclusionary, um, and inaccessible to a lot of people. They feel like, Oh, I don't know what those words mean, or, um, you know, you know, and it's, I'm just not interested in it. And I'm really just passionate about trying to parse things down and make it digestible and also, you know, hopefully entertaining, so that people that aren't necessarily interested in it can still glean insights um, that can help them in their day to day. That's really cool. I appreciate that. We try to, um, I, you know, I don't know if I would have worded it that same way, but I mean, you're hundred percent right. I feel like that's what we try to do on this show because we do have nerdy episodes where we get like Which really technical. So <laughs> yeah. But, but a lot of this is stories because mm-hmm. I believe, you know, the facts tell and the stories sell. And it's not like we're selling anything in particular. I'm not talking about the course. I mean, that that's great if you want to do it, but I'm trying to sell you on the idea that there's this whole other world and that perhaps despite what you might've been told, the chronic health issues or symptoms that you have might be avoidable, right? That's not a claim. I'm just, I, how many times you have to see it on this show? Uh, we have we have everyone cancer, um, lichen, lichen scleroma. Scler- That's what am I looking for? Do you know? Yes, I know, but I I'm missing that one. I will not edit that out just for integrity, but <laughs> okay. That's the point. Diseases that you can't even yes. pronounce and we'll get them better. <laughs> so there you go. Um, but yeah, it's just people need to know this through the stories that this is even possible and that this is something that they can they can truly do. And so if you can bring that in a digestible way, that's that's practical. I, I think that matters because it does intimidate a lot, intimidate a lot of people, especially in your world, if you're going to touch on chemicals and toxins. Yeah. Some of those words are very, very hard to cover. So, um, that's just pretty cool. <laughs> yes. As I know all too well. <laughs> yes, No, it's, it's so true. And, you know, and I love what you shared about stories. I think healing, hearing healing stories is so important in the process. Like for instance, I am actually recovering from knee surgery, which is why I'm not in my normal podcast space, actually, because I can't fit in there because I have to have my leg propped up. Um, and in this, yeah, it's been it's been a, a wild few weeks. But, you know, in this process, I've been finding myself gravitating to stories of people that also had knee surgery that also have overcome this and just hearing their success brings me this sense of like hope and trust in the process. And so I think like what you're doing by sharing these stories, it it's such an integral part of the process for healing for literally anyone for anything. Sure. Now I'm curious about what it is that you offer people because I would guess it's more than just the podcast, right? Like, are you offering a one-on-one service or what? And I am asking this genuinely because I know I have you send over the bio and stuff, but I think the guests know this, but if they don't, like I like to go into the episode with a healthy amount of ignorance and I don't mean like negligent ignorance where it's like, I don't know anything about the person, but I want to ask authentic questions. I want to ask them in a way that an audience member might be thinking about asking a question like that if they were in front of you. So I don't, I don't even fully know what you offer. So I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, yeah, I do offer one-on-one services. I will say, you know, the main pillar is, uh, the podcast. Um, and then I offer something called the pantry audit, which is essentially a program that was birthed out of, cause I was doing one-on-one coaching 
And what I realized is that while I absolutely love that for like long-term support, I was realizing that I think for a lot of people, it can feel a little bit intimidating. They're also feel like I'm not even really sure what I need help with. And what I thought was, what is the question I'm getting asked the most? And that is, Maddie, what, what do you think about this oat milk? Or what do you think about this supplement? Or how do I read labels? Or how do I understand what the best you know products are to help support my health and my family? And so I created the Pantry Audit to be essentially this um, more short-term kind of support where it's very tactical. It's very tangible results. It's me essentially walking you through your pantry, of course, you know, the fridge, basically all of the cabinets and drawers and doors in your kitchen and helping you understand how to read labels, Mm -hmm. understanding what your health concerns are and how we can actually kind of support your transition into something else that's more beneficial and really just giving people the tools. So that way, the next time that they're going to the store or shopping, they feel more empowered and it's not this, Oh, well, someone told me to get this. So I'm just going to get this. It's, I know why I should get this because of X, Y, Z. So, yeah, no, that actually, that makes a ton of sense. I think that's, it doesn't always happen because you can't really control the client per se, but yeah. that's clearly the goal of FDN, right? We want these people to not read always says this. We don't want a revolving door practice where you got to come back to us every year just to make sure everything's okay. Or like, because you got sick again, we want you to understand maybe not as much as us, but enough to go out there and be like, right. Like you said, like empowered, like, okay, I can look at this and I can make an informed decision as the consumer as to why this is, you know, bad or good for me. And then I can maybe even tell my friend that's with me at the store that day that this is uh, something that's good or bad and why, because you're right. There's a huge difference between, oh, someone told me to get this. So I search for that and I get it versus, oh, I understand why I'm getting this or not getting this rather for certain things. You know, I think that's very important. And so just to be clear, you do still work with people one-on-one, but offer that, or is the one-on-one done? Yeah, no. So that is the one-on-one capacity that I'm doing at this time. So I can, yeah, if anyone's interested, I've got all the details I can send uh, your way. And that's, um, it's more of like a, instead of a a longer program, which is what I had done previously, this is more like a short term. And then we can always consider, you know, working on a long-term setting after that. But I think that it's a great way to get your foot in the door and get started and see some results, you know, straight out of the gate. And, you know, it, it, just to echo what you said, I think that in social media in particular, it's, you know, it's a beautiful thing in a lot of ways. Um, but I also think that it can be a little bit of a, it can be a little bit overwhelming because there's so many products out there, right? And so many people get really excited about a product. And I mean, I'm, you know, just as guilty as anybody else. But then there is this kind of like promoting of something and then people buying it without knowing why, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah. That's yeah, that's really the goal is to develop that knowledge. Right. Okay, cool. Well, we ended up having um, more time than I would have thought. So I have some final questions for you that are like fun ones that'll probably take us plenty of time anyway. So from your one-on-one stuff, I'm always really curious about like client testimonials. And I'm always talking about something where you can actually share it. If you can't use their name, that's fine. Obviously respecting privacy, but I'd love to know if there's just maybe someone had a health transformation with you or you found some like crazy chemical in their house that they never would have thought about. Um, whatever it is for you, that just seems like a really cool testimonial. Um, I'd love to hear like one or two of those that sticks out. Yeah, that's such a, such a fun question. The one that came up initially was, uh, and I won't say her name, but, um, she is someone who had historically really struggled with like eating disorders in the past, which I am not, you know, claiming I'm not an expert in, that specifically she had overcome that with the help of a therapist and some other people and was then at the point where she was wanting to just get a better understanding of, you know, her health and and well-being in general. And one of the things that ended up being such a random sort of, I guess, discovery is she was struggling with migraines and she would get them, you know, here and there. And so we we took a look at her supplements. We were, you know, including some different things like magnesium to try to support her body. Um, but then we realized that she was actually wearing AirPods for a big chunk of the day and, and hours and hours and hours um, wearing these AirPods on walks, on work calls, just listening hmm. to music around the house. And I just suggested to her, and this is obviously, I'm not going to go down the whole wormhole that is uh, 
the the science and information behind, you know, are things like EMFs, you know, harmful to our health. But it was just a suggestion that felt for me quite intuitive. I was like, you know what, let's actually, let's switch that up. I would like for you to try for one week. Don't, don't wear those. And, you know, just mm-hmm. listen to a speaker or use wired headphones if you need to. And yeah, she actually noticed she felt a little bit more calm, like in her body, mm-hmm. she said, and she wasn't having as many migraines. So, you know, obviously that is so anecdotal and I don't have, you know, like a hard data set to, to prove that that's what it was. But that's what I think is so important about having someone just on your side who's invested in your health and your journey, because these are things that you just might not consider. And just through right. conversation and having that support in place, you can uncover that there might be some weird little triggers that you never even thought of. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, cool. I, I, that one's tough for me because I feel like, well, one, I do believe that they're having an effect on our body to be very clear. So I I appreciate you labeling it anecdotal, but that's kind of the point of the client testimonials, right? Is I just, I love to hear the anecdotal things. It is tough for me because I feel like the healthier I get, the less it bothers me. Whereas before when I was super sick, um, I remember going to like Miami for about a month at one point for job stuff. And I was, I I was getting destroyed down there. It was like, two weeks in, I'm like, dude, this sucks. Like, I do not feel good despite oh. better sun. And, you know, I know how to use the sun properly. Like you'd think I'm doing better. And honestly, I'm not doing well at all. And so I'm not, again, this is my anecdotal experience. I'm not making a claim on it one way or another, but it almost seems as if the EMF stuff worsens people who are sick to, mm-hmm. to me rather yeah. than maybe being inherently causal. Although I'm sure for some people it does cause it. And my biggest argument for that is that, well, everyone in a major city, like I live like 50 minutes outside of Philadelphia. Now I'm in, there's trees and a field, beautiful right here, right? So obviously it is a dramatically different amount of EMFs hitting me in the center of Philadelphia. If it was that bad by itself, like why isn't everyone just dropping dead? I mean, that, that that's dramatically different. That's not even comparable wow. to what I'm getting right here where I can lose service if I drive two minutes down the road. And that's a fact, I could actually lose service there. So I, I don't know. But then again, the people that yeah. get sick, they get really yeah, I, sick I, in the city, it seems. There's higher rates of mental health issues. There's higher rates of cancer. So I don't know. Um, I haven't figured that one out yet. But I think that's pretty cool that you were able to give her that insight. And certainly, I mean, my phone, yes, you're right. I always call on speaker. Um, I basically just started using the Bluetooth again for the first time still hear me? in like six years as of a year or two ago. And I, I felt comfortable with it. So that's still amazing um, that that did that for her. I totally hear you on just, yeah, the the anecdotal evidence. And also the, 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 I really just want to highlight the part that you mentioned about, um, feeling like that was more of a trigger when you're in a less healthy state. Um, because I do fully agree with that. And I think that you can, you can look at that from literally any perspective, because I do like to think about, you know, let's say we have a cup, for instance, every single toxin is another input into this cup. And when that cup is full, it starts overflowing. And I feel like that's the manifestation of symptoms. And so little things like heavy EMF exposure can send you over the edge, just like, you know, you can think this with allergies and autoimmune. I mean, so many different uh, avenues that we could, you know, go down. But uh, yeah, I I fully agree that, that it can be more of an issue if you're in a less healthy state. Okay, cool. Now, the other question I had for you is, believe it or not, it's actually somewhat rare that we get someone who is almost like centered around the toxin stuff and the chemicals. Of course, you branch out, but this is the center. It's normally the opposite where they center somewhere else. And maybe this is one of the branches. So I'm curious, um, maybe we'll start with three. If you want to go to five, you're more than welcome, but I'm sure you can do a lot with three. So what would be some of like the top three chemicals or toxins or whatever that people are getting exposed to, um, maybe that are easy to avoid or that you believe that they need to be avoided. Um, I guess a better way to word it so I don't give you five questions in one is what are the top three chemicals (laughs) you would love to see people like avoiding and where are they typically hidden in? Oh, great question. Yes, this, this could be a, you know, a long list, but when I speak with anyone, the first thing that I always suggest is filter your water. Um, municipal water, as probably all of your listeners know, is not uh, the best source. Mm-hmm. And depending on where you live, um, you can actually just pop in your zip code and get a, a full water report from your municipality. They're required to give you that. 
Um, and so I always suggest to do that first. So that way you know what you're dealing with mm-hmm. and then you can choose the best filter that fits within your budget from there. Um, because yeah, I'm not somebody that's going to say go and spend $400 on a water filtration system that you cannot afford, do what you can with what you have. Um, but if you have the knowledge of knowing what's in your water, which for most people that they probably know, but things, you know, like fluoride, chlorine, obviously all of the, the VOCs and these other chemicals that are off, uh, in our streets and then ending up in our water supply, but definitely filter your water. And then the other two I would say is let's talk about deodorant and let's talk about your detergent. So I'd call it like the two D's, the deodorant, if we can stop exposing ourselves to aluminum, because that's another thing that often shows up in water. And as often as you live like me, I live in a city. And so I am, I am very cognizant that I'm breathing in these chemicals. And so if you can reduce just one extra exposure, and I think especially for women, um, with the information out there of the link between aluminum-based deodorants and increases in things like breast cancer, it's just, it's we got to stop that. And then detergent would be the other one. I think we forget that our skin is the biggest organ um, on our body and everything, everything that comes into contact with our skin is getting absorbed. And I feel like I can smell Tide or Gain down the hallway when my neighbors in our, my apartment building are washing their clothes. And I just, if you can find something that you still love, that still works for you, that's going to be a lot less toxic to your body and your skin, go for it. Cool. Um, we, this was a little different when we first started dating, but my girlfriend was a little hesitant because, and it's, listen, the stuff, someone's going to kill me on the show for this, but it's not dirty. I, I would never do this if it's dirty, but like I wash my blankets and sheets regularly. And a few years ago, I'm not saying I've never done it in a few years. Cause I do it every now and then to keep it going. I don't like, I have a good washer and dryer. I just put it in on heavy duty and I see what the water does and it's on warm. It's not like I'm doing it with cold water. Like I do it with warm. My blankets and sheets come out smelling just fine every time. They're not dirty anymore. They're all good to go. If I had a real stain or, you know, gosh, if I was eating on the bed, I try not to do that. But like if I'm rushing around doing something crazy for whatever reason it might be and something spills, yes, of course. But I think we also sometimes overestimate like what actually needs to be like done. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I understand that the soaps, they do things and I get that. But I'm also like, guys, it's a washer like they did not invent this so that it does nothing without the soap that doesn't even make sense like it does a good job at thoroughly cleaning your uh, garbage and stuff without that so again it was different for but i'm like it doesn't smell it's clean like are we in agreement that this is good because i'll like go to the gym and sweat i mean you can see that it's different or you sorry rather you can smell that it's different yeah um, like it's not like you think it didn't got get cleaned it smelled before i went to the gym and now it does not smell so obviously something happened i know that's not for everyone i know i'm not going to get most people on board with that but to me i'm like a minimalist in that sense like i want to minimize the exposures as much as possible and i'm sure there's natural ones that are great but like at the end of the day i mean it is a lot of chemicals so uh, my follow-up question to that was going to be do you have any like favorite clean be approved brands like that you like for maybe detergents and stuff like that yeah, yeah, great question. I mean, depending on, you know, kind of budget and, and if there are so many other concerns um, from the individual. But um, funny story, I actually really love soap nuts, um, which is extremely minimalist. Um, if you're if your listeners know, I mean, it's literally a, a nut and then you put it in a, sash, a sachet with uh, like essential oils. Um, it's, Was that on Shark Tank? Uh no, it's like literally comes from a tree. Like this is from oh, nature. Definitely not yeah. a truck. Sorry. So it's actually like it's where the word soap comes from because it's saponin. And like when you get these little nuts wet and they like, I guess, you know, move around in the washing machine, they actually do produce like a sud, like suds. Um, and so, yeah, that's like an option if you want to be extremely conscientious. But then there's brands like Better Life. There's brands like Molly Suds. There's brands like hive um let's see obviously dr bronner's is a huge one that um a lot of people are aware of um but lots of different avenues of companies i really really love to support brands and and companies that are out there doing the work to try to Mm -hmm. bring a healthier better product you know to the world and just being mindful that those companies don't get bought out by bigger companies that then change the formulation that's the little caveat I'll, i'll say but um yeah lots of different options 
Cool. All right. Well, I feel like just um, I hope these people listened all the way through, and we and thankfully we do actually have a high retention rate. But I hope they listened all the way through because I feel like some of the stuff that we talked about at the end here between the things to look out for and then the brand recommendations. I mean, there's a few brands there. I, I don't. Again, since I take this minimalist approach, I don't typically no. have to worry about a lot of these things, but I've never even heard of a few of those brands and I'd like to be educated on it. So I will go check those out myself. Um, I have two more quick things for you, Madeline. One yeah. is where can people find you if they'd like to work with you or see what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, I'm at the clean B and that's T H E E clean B, uh, pretty much on every social channel. Uh, but the main space where I hang out is Instagram. Lots of just you know, daily life behind the scenes, but then a lot of information. Be sure to check out the highlights. There's tons of good stuff on there as it relates to like product recommendations. Um, I have a series called Simple Swaps where I do exactly as it sounds, showing kind of a conventional option and then giving a few different swaps to make um, that are easy to, to do. So Instagram is the main space at um, also the Clean Bee podcast. And then thecleanbeaver.com, which is kind of where everything is at. If you're interested in working together, I've got all the information there and, and how to get in touch. Very cool. Thank you. All right. Final question, I promise. It's the signature question on the Health Detective podcast. And this will be a fun one because I'm not sure which route you're going to take <laughs> with this. The signature question is, if I could give you, in this case, a magic wand, and you could wave it and get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health. So that could be you're either getting them to do one thing or you're getting them to stop doing one thing. Either or is fine. doesn't matter to mm -hmm. us. But what is the one thing that you would get them to do? Wow. Oh, man. So many ways. I'm going to go with the first thing that came up to my mind, which is get outside, get your bare feet on the earth. I know that sounds a bit woo-woo, but if you can just breathe some fresh air Spend some time with people that you love. Spend time outside. Roll around in the dirt with your animals. Like, just allow yourself to be exposed and in nature. I think we spend a lot of time inside. I'm mm -hmm. extremely guilty of this. My most of my work is inside. Um, but if you can get outside, get that fresh air, get the vitamin D from the sun, and just enjoy being in nature. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming on with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. I, I really appreciate it. All right, guys, that'll do it for today's episode with Madeline Tavares. If you enjoyed this episode, let me know because I'm kind of getting some ideas recently. We had Ryan Monahan on a few weeks back, and he did a live lab reading with us. So we went over my thyroid results from like two and a half, three years ago, and you guys really enjoyed that one. We got great feedback, and right now it's actually a pretty well viewed video on our YouTube. We still have a lot of work to do on the YouTube, but people were viewing that one, so it's cool. I'm kind of thinking toxins could come on again because we could talk about toxins all day. I mean, she, Madeline has a whole podcast on this, right? But not only could we talk about it all day, we could actually do video versions of this where we go over some labels or have actually real things in our hand where we show you guys um, what's hidden in these products. I think that'd be kind of cool. Let me know if you would like that. You can always send a comment to us by going to Podbean and then searching for the Health Detective Podcast. I am looking forward to talking to you guys again soon, but until then, take care. Take care.